0: I'm back from my first TwitchCon, and we'll talk all about it, as well as my time on the GameStun Quick Express stage. Plus, the new PS5 Slim model has an optional disk drive, but you may still need an internet connection to use it. Tonight is October 29th, 2023, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you not, would say, uh, even if you... Gonna... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. <laughs> wow, what what happened to your voice? So video games, that's what the show is about. This is Edwin Akerifer from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not I saying it's a bad it's game. game. I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore. What would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's, it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from
1: scratch. Uh, hogwash later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf.
0: Yeah, I'm back. And I had an intro too long. And I almost talked over the, the intro. Hello, everybody. I got I got, I got distracted. I'll tell you why I was distracted in a second. Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, a Back from Vegas edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on Sunday nights, uh, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. We do tape the show live each and every Sunday night. Over on our Twitch channel for the Voice of Geeks Network, twitch.tv slash network That is where we are. And uh, we have a hype train, which is uh, where, you know, it gets triggered every once in a while. And this one's actually a golden kappa hype train, which I believe is, like, you get a, a, a limited edition kappa, like, golden kappa amount for 24 hours. So... Uh yeah, um, so I had to run in and gift some subs before the time ran out so I could get that emote because I am the problem, apparently. But, yeah, so if you can join us, uh, but we are a podcast, so if you can't be here on Sunday night, I completely understand the emote's not going to mean anything to you, so who cares? Uh, we do have a Discord server, vognetwork.com Discord. That is where you can find us throughout the week and then, uh, you know, uh, talk with us uh, and bring up topics that you want to see uh, throughout uh, the rest of the time. Um, so, so yeah, uh, and, uh, I do want to mention that sometimes I do read comments from previous episodes, uh, and so I do want to, uh, mention that we did get a comment on, on a previous topic that we had two weeks ago when we were here, because we were not here last week, uh, and, uh, it was about when I was talking about the physical movies, and, uh, so, uh, Best Buy announced that it was going to be, uh, discontinuing, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, a carrying of, uh, Blu-rays, DVDs, 4K UHD Blu-rays. Not games yet, but I'm sure that's going to be coming. But uh, they're going to be discontinuing uh, the DVDs and Blu-rays. They already discontinued CDs uh, a while ago, but they had vinyl records last time I was there. We had a comment uh, because I talked about here's why uh, I still like 4K UHD movies, even though we have 4K streaming. Uh, and, uh, I'm going to call him by, uh, I'm going to go by D five T. He uses his real name on, on, uh, the Twitters now, but this is what he went by then. Uh, and he actually, uh, I changed someone's mind. And, and so I like hearing this. He said, heard your argument about 4k ultra Blu-rays and you turned me into a maximalist buying all my favorites. I don't have a data cap like you anymore. Hooray for two ISPs. But yes, my argument was uh, 4K UHD Blu-rays can be 5 to 10 times better quality, both video and audio, than what you get on 4K streaming on like a Netflix or a Hulu or even Vudu uh, if you're renting a 4K Blu-ray or a 4K movie off of one of these streaming sites. And so that's why I didn't want to see them go away. Uh, and uh and, and so I changed at least one person's mind. So go out and buy some 4K UHD movies. Maybe not at Best Buy because they don't want your money for that, but other places are still going to sell them. You can buy them on Amazon, or you can, I think, and Target still has them. Maybe Walmart still has them uh, and, and stuff like that. So an E3VL in our chat room over at Twitch says, I miss 3D movies. Uh, I have a friend who does too. Apparently, they still release them in Europe. I think 3D movies still exist in Europe. Uh, and so you have to get like the European version of the blue of the 3D Blu-ray. Uh, I think James Cameron's the only person that releases them here in America. That's why, like, uh, I think the new Avatar had a three uh, North American 3D Blu-ray release. Uh, Alita Battle Angel had a 3D Blu-ray release, and I liked what I liked about him because I've talked about on this show. Previously, about 3D movies in particular, I am stereo blind, so I do not normally see in 3D. Uh, so when I go see a 3D blue uh, 3D movie in a movie theater with the glasses, uh, it does, it's a darker 2D. It does nothing for me. For some reason, virtual reality headsets do actually show me 3D. I can actually determine 3D, and the PlayStation 4 and their PlayStation VR allowed you to play 3D movies, 3D Blu-rays inside of your headset. And you saw them in 3D in the headset. So I was actually able to watch 3D Blu-rays uh, through VR. They have not added that to the PlayStation VR 2 yet on PS5. Um, I hope that they do add that at some point. But uh, who knows, like, you know, their drive situation. We're gonna find, we're gonna actually have a story later on uh, about the disk drive for the new PlayStation 5 because they are eliminating the disk drive from the future Slim models altogether but there is an add-on that you can get. And we have a story about that. So, uh, and uh, Pop Culture says Paramount has shifted their Steelbook exclusives to Amazon. Yes, yeah, so like that was one of the things. Best Buy had a bunch of like Steelbook exclusives, and there were Best Buy exclusive things to Blu-rays, and I guess it just did not bring in enough people, uh, and so uh, you've got to go other places to get them. But I am seeing that there are 4K Blu-ray. Uh, re- remasters, things that are upscaled that used to be on Blu-ray that are now on 4K UHD, you might as well go get them uh, I-, I know Scott Pilgrim versus The World is out there uh, as one, I'm hoping Speed Racer uh, the Wachowski Speed Racer from like 2005, I hope that gets a 4K UHD treatment, but uh, not many people like that for whatever reason that was thank you so much for the comment. I did see that on social media, so thank you so much for that. Also, if you're on our Discord server, you can talk back about any of the stuff we talk about. But let's talk about TwitchCon now. I've talked a lot about TwitchCon on uh, our channel already, uh, so if you go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com/slash/vognetwork, you can uh, see my initial thoughts about TwitchCon, uh, and I did it with Rob. Uh, talked about TwitchCon and my, uh, my thoughts, my initial thoughts. And that was like the night after I landed. So I was still kind of tired. Uh, and, uh, I, I was like, mm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of like processing everything. Uh, got to wear these sunglasses for the first time, which I'm about to take off. Uh, uh, and, uh, and never wear again. But, uh, but yeah, so I was at TwitchCon. It was my first time at TwitchCon. First time in Las Vegas. And, uh, and and I'm, I'm, I'm going to mention for the podcast, because I'm going to take these off now, and I'm like, wow, my lights are bright. Uh, one of the things they were selling were the Deal With It Pixel sunglasses with the little purple stuff, so like you, I can see the purple stuff. And I'm like, that'll be fun. That, that's funny. Uh, what I wound up actually buying it for was they came in a sunglasses case that did have the little Twitch logo on it, and it actually fits my actual sunglasses that I do actually use. So, hey. I spent thirteen dollars on a sunglasses case, uh, and zenmonkey 11 says you can actually see through these. So, kind of yes. Um, I can see through the part. I-, I can. I can see through everything that's not purple. Uh is pretty much the way that that uh, you can see. And you know, obviously, cameras are terrible for this. Uh, but yes, you can see through like the left part of them, which is why I'm turning taking them off for the rest of the show. Um. So they're going to be fun. They're a fun gimmick. Uh, so, but yeah, so I I was at TwitchCon and uh, I will say that TwitchCon itself was fine. I, and I, I'm going to say something and my issues with what happened mirror a lot of people's. A lot of people uh, uh, felt this way. My issues with TwitchCon were all things TwitchCon could not control. I told this to a coworker and this coworker got very offended in in, in this sense because he just thought that I had no clue what I was talking about. I didn't understand anything. I told him Las Vegas did not have the infrastructure needed to be able to accommodate the amount of events they had last weekend. And he's like, I don't understand what you're talking about. Vegas can handle blah, 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 blah. And so I'm like, and so I started explaining things. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's 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 breakfast for Vegas, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I was there. The city buckled under the presence of all the events. And I'm not saying it was just TwitchCon. In fact, TwitchCon was probably the smallest bucket that got in the way of, of everything. So... Uh, there the, the big things going on with Vegas is that the Vegas Convention Center is huge, and TwitchCon only had one little small part of it. It had, like, the smallest part of the convention center, and it was still huge. It was a very big part of the convention center. They're a big, very big convention center. It would probably be, like, the entire convention center in other cities, and this, it was, like, one-fifth of the entire footprint. So there was another convention going on on the other side of the convention center. Uh, which is so far away you actually need to, like, get in cars to get from one end to the other. But this weekend, same weekend, was the When We Were Young Music Festival, which is the emo band music festival. Uh, all the bands, all the, all the emo bands that were popular in the early 2000s uh, they had a big music festival, and so there were 110,000 uh, former emo kids, now adults with disposable income, all going to see all those bands on the same weekend, and that was one stop down the monorail from where TwitchCon was. And you had a couple concerts. Uh, you, you you had uh, I, apparently Usher was playing at one of the one of the hotels on the north side of the Strip. Uh, the Wu-Tang Clan was playing in the hotel I was staying in, so that was fun on Saturday night. Gotten to see all the Wu-Tang people. I didn't see the Wu-Tang Clan themselves, I just saw their fans. Uh, and then U2 was playing, there. they have a residency, so they had a big show Friday night at the Sphere. A- and on top of all this, there is uh, F1 Racing. Going on in Las Vegas. There is a 10 year commitment to have an F1 race in Las Vegas every year. And the first of these is next month. And so in order to have a whole bunch of F1 cars race up and down the strip and on the side streets, they have to do a lot of construction to either repave the strip so it can handle really, really fast cars going through it. Uh, it would, because you, there's, there's so much traffic, you don't drive fast on the strip, uh, and also construct bleachers, construct temporary bridges for emergency vehicles while the streets are closed. That took up all the roadways, and so nobody wanted to drive, which I get. Unfortunately, that means that Uber and Lyft and other rideshare, they, ca- they charge a lot more money to try to convince people to drive. So that $15 Uber from the airport was a $60 Uber from the airport. Now, for those of you who've been to Vegas, I took the cab. It's a flat rate. I mean, it's fine. Um, the cab r- flat rate was like 26 bucks, but that's usually twice as much as an Uber. And in my case, it was like less than half the price of an Uber. So QuestBush says, that sounds like a perfect storm of events in construction chaos. yes. That weekend, Vegas could not handle everything that was going on. Now, Tiger Claw says, did you get to go to the casinos? This is something more about Vegas. And this is something that I knew in my head was true. I knew in my head this was true. It still did not prepare me for the reality. So, what I knew in my head that was true was that uh, everywhere you look is a slot machine in Vegas. And oh yeah, there's slot machines in the airport. I was not prepared to get off of my f- my flight, go down the jetway, and before I see anything else, I see slot machines. I didn't see the, the ticket gate, the, the agent's gate to the, my right. I didn't see other people sitting in chairs waiting for their flight at the gate. No, I saw slot machines. Right there, right in front. And as you walk, so like if you've been to a normal airport, you know, like you've got like a big walkway down the center and you've got, uh, you know, terminal, you know, gates on either side. Uh, now, in, Ma- in Vegas, in the center is all slot machines. And there are people sitting there playing the slot machine at the airport. Because what else are you going to do? Drink, and then you go and and you you go to you find your baggage claim, and in between each baggage claim carousel are more slot machines. So Tiger Claw, if you ask, did I get to go to any of the casinos? You can't avoid the casinos. You walk into Vegas, and there is a slot machine saying hi to you. And actually, the hotel like and the hotel I stayed in had a casino in it. Uh, I stayed if for, for people who've been there, I, I stayed in the MGM grand cause it's on the monorail line. Uh, and, uh, I didn't know where else to go. And the Twitch con rate was still applicable when I knew I was going. Uh, so yes, there's a casino down there, but there's also a whole bunch of restaurants and there's a food court. So I, I ate mostly at the food court. Um, and, uh, I walked around to some other places on the strip, but yes, like everything there is a casino. Like ev- everything's a casino. You walk into, uh, the the Seven Eleven apparently, and there are slot machines, so technically there's a casino in there. It, and, and yes, I did, I did gamble some craps as my game. I did pretty good the first two nights, didn't do as well the third night. Uh, my The envelope of my gambling money uh, is lighter than it was when I showed up, but it's not empty. So uh, QuestBush says, yes, the slot machine assault is real. Yes, I was not prepared for how real it was. Um, and as Jared and Matt says, if you saw the end of Oceans 13, that's how it literally is. I actually have not seen Oceans 13. I don't know if I should admit that on the air, but I just did. Here we go. Dark to says, I've only been to a casino a couple of times, so not really my thing. Not to diss on anyone that does that sort of thing. Uh, it's, it's, it's just there. Um, you know, for where, where, you know, the MGM Grand, you walk through the casino to get anywhere. So, like, I walk through the casino and, like, oh, there's the Cirque du Soleil Ca theater. Oh, there's David Copperfield's theater. There's Jabberwocky's. And, oh, there's their arena where they have boxing fights and the Wu Tang Clan one night. And, oh, there's the food court with Johnny Rockets and Nathan's and, you know, other, you know, food courty type stuff. And, oh, there's the monorail. All right. Uh, they do have a lot of, like, daytime experiences that don't involve gambling or drinking. Uh, but they're all open during the day. There was a Hunger Games experience of some kind that was literally in the same building I was in. Um, and there's stuff like the the big uh, fair, which I think they call the High Roller, but that's their Ferris wheel. They've got that. Uh, the sphere is uh, definitely a thing, and the monorail goes right by it. Uh, and u two was playing there on Friday night, and you know you. I saw the I saw the Xbox ad. I saw the PlayStation ad on the sphere. Uh, stuff like that. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so uh, Vegas was interesting. I look forward to going to Vegas when, uh, I'm not there for a convention and there's not an emo music festival going on and maybe there's not F1 construction going on, uh, to experience some of the daytime stuff. Cause there's even like a place called, I think it's area 15 and that's where the Twitch party was, but I didn't get to go because I the tickets had sold out by the time I knew I was going to TwitchCon, so I couldn't go. Uh, but they've got several installations in there. There's a, a Meow Wolf installation, which is in a couple cities. So if I say that, you're like, oh, I know what that is. There's one in Denver, and there's one in Vegas and stuff. It's kind of like an escape room, but not. Uh, and the one in Vegas is like, it's it looks like a normal, it's called Omega Mart, and it looks like a normal grocery store. But then you find like a hidden door, and you go into another dimension, and there's stuff going on. And it sounds really interesting, and I can't wait to go at a future date. But I definitely wasn't going to go uh, during this weekend. And they had things like the Star Trek experience. Pop culture said last time I was in Vegas was for the Star Trek experience. Yeah, I wish I had been able to go to that, go to the Star Trek experience. But unfortunately, it closed before I could... Uh, be fortunate enough to be able to afford to go to Vegas, even for a day. Uh, so, so yeah. so. But let's talk about TwitchCon, because that's that's the part I actually want to talk about. So, like, Vegas is Vegas, and Vegas isn't really going to change uh, all that much. But TwitchCon, uh, I had never been to a TwitchCon either. So this was, like, a weekend of firsts. And so TwitchCon... The type of people that go to TwitchCon are there's two types of people that go to TwitchCon: people who stream on Twitch and people who re- watch Twitch religiously and maybe watch a particular streamer religiously. I did meet like moderators, like some some higher up Twitch partners would bring their like be- their moderators with them to TwitchCon and hang out with them all weekend. Um, and, and but it was a way for communities to get together. And there's a great tech. TechCrunch article uh, that has been kind of posted around. It'll be in the show notes uh, about how Las Vegas did not lend itself to these community meetups uh, because all the stuff in Vegas is all about drinking and gambling. And there's not really good third places for people who don't drink and gamble. And especially because a lot of people that are, consuming Twitch might not be of legal age to do either of those things. So, uh, but it's all about that. So it's it's either people who stream on Twitch or people who watch Twitch religiously are the ones that are there. And the people who stream on Twitch are either big names looking to meet their community or people who want to be big names and so therefore are trying to make a splash uh, so people will start following them. Uh, So there is a lot of the uh, content creator culture. You have all these people that are, uh, you know, wanting to be entertainers, uh, really trying real hard. And so there were a lot of personal soundtracks, uh, which is people who walk around and have their own music and they're dancing to it. And they've got their selfie sticks and they're they're streaming. A lot of times they'll be on their channel and like they'll be walking. They'll be with their phone up and they'll be they'll be walking through the the the. The, the expo hall and I could see like Twitch and they're talking to Twitch and they're basically like oh we're walking through the expo hall uh, and you know so there, there was a lot of that there was a lot of people trying to perform um, and and then there were the people who who really enjoyed it and so it, it's great for those people and, and TwitchCon itself it was fine um, there were a lot of meet and greets with top Twitch partners uh, that you had to sign up for ahead of time I didn't do any of that uh, I recognize some of the names, but I don't watch them. But that's because I'm a little bit older. And so I'm not as deeply ingrained in that part of Twitch culture as I am in some other parts of Twitch culture. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'm i not poo-pooing it. It's just that's not my thing. There were panels. I actually did not attend any of the panels uh, that were there in the creator camp or anything like that. Uh, and there were, there was like a main stage. I did go see, uh, I went with Rob and Jamie and, and Alan to the drag show. Uh, and that was fun, you know? So I, I actually did go into the main, what they called the glitch theater because, you know, as, as, as you'll learn the little uh, logo there, its name is glitch. So everything's called glitch. Um, and, and I went in there for, for, for that. But other than that, like it was, if I was not going to do something there, I was going, I I would, like, it take me about half a day, and I'd be like, all right, cool, done. So let me show you a little bit. Uh, I did take some video. I did not get to take my actual video camera in because of the bag policy. Um, I didn't want to have to, like, carry all that stuff around. Um, uh, even though technically I was an exhibitor, I actually could have taken my bag in because, as an exhibitor, they feel that you're bringing in stuff, so they inspect your bag and let you in. Uh, but I didn't want to deal with all that. So I took it from my phone. So, uh, for those of you watching on Twitch, there's not that much video and it is pretty, it was like the first time I tried to take this kind of video with my phone and I didn't do as good of a job as I used to. So what I'm going to be actually showing here, once it loads up here, uh, is uh, kind of big, the entryway, uh, they had a big live balloon. They had the pog champ. You could, uh, the po- new pog champ emo, which is a big dinosaur, um, and you could take pictures with it and, and stuff. Uh, this was actually shot before the doors open. Once again, I was an exhibitor. Uh, so I got in before the doors open. And where I was the whole time was everybody was going to the right to the uh, expo hall. You actually hang a left and that's where Game's done Quick Express. So I was actually there. courtesy of Games done Quick Express. I was a host uh, for two blocks of, uh, of games on uh, on Friday morning and Sunday morning. And uh, we were just to the left of stage, and it was a GD it was a, it had a much smaller skeleton crew. Uh, but if you were there, that's what being at GDQ is like in the main stream room. It was set up just about almost exactly the same way. There were some experiments being done with like different stage layouts, but it was what you would expect. Then, but I did go into the uh, expo hall, and the expo hall had, um, you know, it had a bunch of charities, uh, people trying to, you know, get streamers to, you know, do stuff for their charity. Uh, They had some streamer products, so Elgato was there, uh, Streamlabs was there, and then there were a couple of games that were trying to uh, get themselves to, uh, you know, in front of Twitch viewers. Like Escape from Tarkov was there. Uh, and, and then there were just brands there that were trying to appeal to, uh, content creators like Honda, or I th- I think it's Honda, uh, and Chevron for, for whatever reason. Um, so, but there was Artist Alley in the back and this, one of the cool places in Artist Alley, they were all Twitch streamers, but there was one, um, artist that had, uh, keyboard caps and there was these that looked like Kirby, but they also had this huge giant keyboard, and they actually had a typing contest to see how fast you could type and i think like the the you could type somebody could type 36 words a minute on this keyboard and that was a, that was that was the fastest um and you know i looked at uh, and there was this guy he was typing uh and he was like pretty fast at it and uh it was pretty cool and um and ford actually had like a stack of like crt TVs and and because people had never seen crt TVs before and, like this is what it looked like so that was fun. Uh and yes, uh dark c says imagine typing the dead on that thing. Uh yeah, uh you would die. Because I think like 30 because it's it's a large keyboard. I tried it and I only got 8 words per minute. And I normally type like I've been clocked as high as 120 words a minute on a regular keyboard. Um so that was uh that was just walking through a little bit of TwitchCon and for me like that was it, it, GDQX and that Expo floor. That was TwitchCon. Really TwitchCon is about The community. It's about the people that you you watch. It's about hanging out with other people that you're in audiences with. That's what TwitchCon really is about, and that's where kind of Vegas kind of failed them because you didn't have that many of those third spaces. Once the convention floor was uh, convention was over for the day, which was about seven o'clock, they kicked you out, and like where are you going to go? And especially because everything was so spread out, it's not walkable, and all the F one construction meant Ubers were. It took forty five minutes to get two miles away, and it cost you 60 bucks. So uh, that's kind of why, and, and they've already said the Twitch, uh, the TechCrunch article that I'm going to link that's, that's already been linked in a couple places, already said the TwitchCon said, we will not be returning to Las Vegas. So maybe they'll be going back to San Diego. Apparently San Diego was great for the community aspect. Everybody loves San Diego. They just wish the convention was better. Now the convention is better, but the city sucked. So they want like the goodness of the actual convention experience that was at Las Vegas, at the Las Vegas Convention Center, have that in San Diego. So you have the city infrastructure of San Diego accompanying these lessons learned uh, at TwitchCon. So, I uh, mean, GDQX was was a lot of fun. Uh, it was really good. Um, I don't think all the videos have been uploaded to, to YouTube yet. Uh, so you, but it, the first days were. Uh, and it was very interesting because we started it off, and we I guess we thought that the doors would open before 10 o'clock. Uh, and they didn't. They opened at 10 o'clock. And so GDQX started with literally nobody in the audience because nobody was there yet. And then the rush of people screaming coming in and the marching band that came in, UNLV marching band came in. Uh, you could hear them through the the, the, the through the audio when Jaxler was playing Pseudo Regalia. Really, really great game with a lot of great movement tech. Uh, and then we did uh, Mario Golf Toadstool Tour. But with uh, Blue Candy ran that, uh, and uh, we had some internet issues because, um, yeah, TwitchCon's uh, internet pipes are not as fat as we thought they were, and so we actually had to restart that run, uh, and and uh, it started over. Uh, and in the YouTube video, you can actually see both versions. You can see the first run, we stop, and then we keep going, uh, and so. Uh, so yeah, so I I got to do that, and so those are actually up on YouTube. Uh, I was not on camera that morning. Uh, the open, the intro, the pre-show. Uh, they uh the charity wanted to be involved. Able Gamers. Uh, we raised a little bit over thirty five thousand dollars for Able Gamers throughout the weekend. Uh, and uh, they wanted to be in the pre-show, and they only have so many mics, so they bumped me off of like. So I was supposed to be on camera for the pre-show. Uh, and they instead had the charity on, which is honestly the correct call. That is the absolute right thing they should have done. Um, Yeah, and uh, dark 2 says, yeah, I know folks were wondering what happened. I do know what happened, uh, and I'm not going to share it. Uh, But let's just say that the internet pipes that TwitchCon provided uh, were not fat enough for what GDQ was trying to do at the time, and so they had to adjust on the fly. Sunday though I was able to uh I was actually on camera so thank you to them I think I can actually find that video and put it up here. So I do uh so we did we did a quick hit uh which, or a, which is a technical term uh 5 minutes it was me with 8F on screen uh and uh yes I am actually wearing Vogue network paraphernalia they allowed that uh because I was at a different convention I would not wear that if I was actually at GDQ an actual mainline GDQ. Uh, but, uh, they let me do that. Uh, we actually started at like 10, 20, at ten twenty in the morning instead of 10. So there were people in the audience. Uh, we were, um, talking to, uh, we were talking about the upcoming games, the games that happened the day before, uh, really quick five minute bit. And then I ran over to host, uh, the thing that I did that I noticed when I watched this back is I didn't know which camera I was supposed to look at every time because they did not have the camera of the live feed in my eyesight. They had it in 8F's eyesight, and they did not have the nice red light that normally you look at when you have a multi-camera setup. They had the three-camera setup, like a lot of productions do, uh, except they didn't actually have uh, any of that. So we did, uh, re- you know, there was a bu- little bit of it was rehearsed because I think Rob said, oh, it looks like rehearsed. Uh, I will say our exchange about Tom Holland, not rehearsed. Rehearsed if you watch it so uh, I'm kind of proud of myself for keeping up with 8F because 8F like does this For other things professionally he's a Los Angeles he's actually like uh, trying to become an aspiring actor he's in Los Angeles He does a lot of other stuff uh, So I, you know being able to hang uh, And act like I be- and look like I belong For five minutes that was uh, that was a big win For me uh, and then I ran over and, and hosted for the next couple runs. I hosted for Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions uh, with Oof Moment 420, which, yes, we were allowed to say the name. And and it was his first time on stage doing anything like that. And so uh, he did really well with that. And then we had Stardew Valley uh, and uh, they were all really fun. The Stardew Valley cra- uh, community is great to be with. The Valiant Sun and Terpreter, you have to say that really slowly, uh, they were fun. And uh, they were very appreciative. Uh, apparently, they were all excited that I was their host for this. And, um, and then uh, Silent Hill 2, Icdysis, ran it. And uh, the dog ending won out of, over the UFO ending. So we got to see the dog ending. And that was fun to work back and forth with Icdysis on that. Um, Mike Def asks, don't know if you mentioned this or not, but you auditioned for this like you do for big events or did GDQ ask you directly? So uh, this process was a little bit different. Uh, And this is public knowledge, so that's why I'm not upset about having to say this. So they had a selection process. So there was an application. There was no specific audition, but they said, please send in videos of you doing hosting type stuff. And then they will decide. And I think like 14 people auditioned and they picked seven plus one extra backup just in case. Uh, so I was one of the selected, so about only 50% of the people got selected. Um, I was one of the few that actually had hosting experience with GDQ before. A lot of the other people, they were Twitch partners, uh, that, uh, you know, were at TwitchCon and were, you know, like, oh, I love GDQ, I'm going to do this here, uh, but they may not, they can't afford to take off time to go to an actual GDQ event, but at TwitchCon they were able to work it in. So I was probably... Uh, one of the more, I I think I was probably the other than the person who was running the hosting, uh, Kyle, who is kind of the hosting coordinator now, uh, at least for, and for that event, he was doing it, uh, by himself. There's two hosting coordinators now, uh, other than him, I think like I had the most experience. So he and I started at the same time hosting. And so we had the most experience and there was like one other person who had, like who'd hosted like one or two other GDQs and worked on hotfix their, their year round content uh and then everybody else it was their first time hosting on a gdq stage they chose me but i still had to tell them i was interested that's kind of the short answer to the question uh so uh yeah and we raised thirty-five thousand dollars uh for uh the, for able gamers and so that was a lot of fun there was a lot of great stuff going on uh at gdqx uh, and I was, I was excited to be a part of it. So check that out. I believe that uh, when they do put in the, uh, the runs from the last day, at the beginning of the Spider-Man uh, VOD, that's when they will have the intro. Because that's where they had the intro on Saturday was before the Pepsi Man run, which was hilarious. Pepsi Man was a lot of fun. Um, so the other thing I wanted to talk about when I was there was the Pinball Hall of Fame. Uh, so, uh, a lot of people, uh, I knew that like, this is the one place I was going to go, uh, was pinball hall of fame. Uh, and, uh, I do have something, uh, and I want to, I want to I wanna experience sum up my experience with the pinball hall of fame with one word. And I know that Rob Roberts is going to be in chat. He's like, no, please don't, please don't. One word to explain it underwhelming. So this is, I was excited to go to the pinball hall of fame. I was, I was ready. I wanted to go. And yes, the infrastructure problems meant that we didn't get there early enough, uh, because I was, uh, you know, because I, I got out of the GDQX stuff at like, you know, like seven uh, got, or it got back to my hotel and this was on Saturday night. So the, the Wu Tang concert was going on. That was the big problem for, for us particularly, Uh, So I got up back up to my hotel on the south side of this trip, and we're only like a mile away, right? And so it takes us 45 minutes to get there via Uber because everybody was trying to Uber in for the Wu-Tang concert. So the Uber, the rideshare garage, it took 30 minutes to get in, 30 minutes to get out. So with that, I only had about 45 minutes in the Pinball Hall of Fame before it closed at 10 p.m. I know I am disappointed as well. So um, I did actually take some video and I had to take this video really quickly because like I said I only had 45 minutes in there. there's there's us outside it has the word pinball in huge letters. That's how close it is to the strip right there if you're watching the video here. Uh, and then the rest of this video is me walking through a whole lot now what you, what I want you to notice is I don't know why um, but as you go as I walk through this area, If you see a machine where the lights are off, it's broken. And while you don't see it at the very beginning of this video, I would say almost half of the machines in the Pinball Hall of Fame at the time that I went were broken. So you could only play maybe half of them. It was kind of disappointing and underwhelming because it also... Wasn't as big as I thought it would be, and I think part of that is because I am so spoiled with like the Southern Fried Gaming Expo here that happens once a year, or even my local arcade uh, that, that's out in uh, that's out in Ackworth, Georgia, which is called Portal Pinball Arcade. Um, it's smaller than this, but it has it seemed to have better selection. And this just, it didn't seem as big as I thought it was from the pictures. And this is bigger than its previous location. and Matt asked, were the antique machines working and playable? Uh, most of them, no. Most of them, as you can see here, have the lights off. Uh, some of them had them on. But the vast majority of them did not have anything on. Um. So I was very underwhelmed with the Pinball Hall of Fame. For the time that I went, now apparently from what I am told, if you go at other times, maybe three or four machines in the entire building are down. But this time, it was about half weren't working. Um, so it was really underwhelming. Uh, now, I will say also it does, uh, there is no flat fees so this does take quarters. Uh, so bring your roll of quarters. They do have uh, machines, token machines there. Uh, and, uh, your modern machines will be, you know, fork qu- will be $1. So like your modern Stearns will be $1. Uh, you'll find 50 cents for some of the older machines. Uh, and then 25 cents for some of the other machines. Tireclaw says, could the reason the machines are down is because they're preparing to shut the whole thing down. No, because they have a kill switch that turns everything off. Uh, there were a lot of machines that I could tell had tools around them. Uh, that you know, you, you can even see them some in the videos. They've got the play field lifted up. Uh, so no, they just, they weren't working for whatever reason. It was neat to go through, but I think because I am so spoiled with the arcade that's near me and with the Southern Fred gaming expo that I get to go to once a year, this kind of was underwhelming for me. And I, I went in and I took $10 and I got $10 worth of quarters and I came back with $6 worth of quarters because that's how much I could spend uh, before before it closed, which also that was also because we literally only had 45 minutes and so I'm actually running through like they're about to close, but they have a kill switch, they turn everything off all at once that's how these work um, but there, there were whole rows of machines that were just not working Tigerclaw says Somet- uh, say, sounds like those machines take a be- beating machines like these require a lot, a lot of uh, maintenance, yes, but this is the Hall of Fame You would think they would not have half of their machines not operational. I get it. It's a, it's an arcade. It's, it's an arcade. They call in hall of fame just to, you know, get people in the door. It's an arcade. Uh, It's an arcade with a lot of old machines and dark soccer does say, and this is very legitimate. uh, The problem is they're underfunded and understaffed and that's very legitimate. It doesn't change the fact that I was kind of underwhelmed by the experience. Now, if I went at a different time when they had caught up on a lot of stuff, then I might've, I might've enjoyed it more. And yes, will I go back? Absolutely. I will go back. Uh, when I go to Vegas, not for a convention and where I can spend a couple of hours, uh, walking where, where, where I have a couple hours to walk through. I don't know if I'd stay there all day. Uh, but for a couple hours, absolutely. um, So this place and Dark Soccer says the smaller location had more working tables. This place is twice as big. So this is twice the size, but you can see over here, like, they had all those machines and they even had stuff covering them up because they're, I guess, trying to restore them with the short staff and short budget that they have. Uh, So, yes, would I go back? Absolutely. But I am going to set my expectations down a whole lot the next time I go. But it is definitely neat to 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 visit. And if I had more time to go go through, they've got some like unique tables. Like there's one, Dark Soccer was talking about that only had three three units made total. I didn't even know which one that was. I never found it uh, because I didn't have enough time to explore and really look at everything. Um, they did have this one table that I, this is the one that I sh- uh, spent a little bit of time on. This is a new Stern table. It's the Doctor uh, the the um, James Bond Signature Edition. But it's got like the old style scoring and stuff. It doesn't have the DMD from uh, or it doesn't have like the digital display. It does in the play field, but everything else, it's it's like old school with reels and everything. Uh, So that was cool. I did play that one uh, and and enjoyed that. Uh, So that was my time at uh, the Pinball Hall of Fame. And uh, Dark Soccer said, I did not like the uh, the signature anniversary 007. I like the other two better, the Dr. No one. Yeah, uh, there, there's the signature and then the pro premium LE that Stern does. That's a different play field. Uh, and I played that one, too, and I liked it. So Dark Tizia says they got DDR. Yes, uh, they did ha- do have DDR. And um, they had a couple arcade games. You could see, like, on the sides they had arcade games. And those actually, there were more the arcade games that worked than the pinball machines, which I guess makes sense. So if you go, go with a little bit lower expectations. I'm going to quickly go through the story because I teased it in the open. So I really should talk about the story. Then we'll talk to OLR. We're not going to do a music break, even though it's the last spooky season music break. Uh, I talked a little bit too long about Vegas and TwitchCon. So let me talk about this story. This is kind of an interesting story real quick. Then we'll talk to Rob and OLR. But, uh... This is uh, not about Vegas or Pinball or TwitchCon. Video Games Chronicle reports that the upcoming optional disk drive for the PlayStation 5 will require an internet connection to pair it to a console for a first time. As spot on the back of the box for the upcoming Call of Duty Modern Warth- Warfare 3 PS5 Slim Bundle, small print confirms that players who purchase the new model with the optional drive will be required to connect to the internet when pairing it to the machine for the first time. It is likely that this is a security measure in order to ensure that the disk drive is a legitimate one and not a third party. However, it raised some preservation concerns. So, yes, it kind of segues from the Hall of Fame that's doing preservation of pinball machines. Because the accessory will require an Internet connection for verification, there will potentially come a time when the servers needed to verify the license will no longer be operational. It's possible that by the time this happens, Sony will release an update that removes the requirement. And in any case, it's likely to be many years in the future, long after the PS5 is Sony's main console. Essentially, Sony and Microsoft, they pair the disk drives with the motherboards. Uh, So Wired in 2020, they took a disk drive uh, out of one PS5, tried to put it in a different PS5, and it didn't work. Despite it had the same stuff because they actually pair the serial numbers together. Uh, because they don't want you to have a disc drive that, uh, that that can rip games, and because that uh, it's uh, Section 1201 of the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, yay, the DMCA strikes again, says it's illegal to circumvent a technological measure uh, measure that effectively controls access to a copyrighted work, which is the firmware on the disc drive. Uh, so to prevent piracy, and also third party repairs, maybe. Sony and Microsoft used the pairing method to ensure that each console can only work with the specific disk drive assigned to it, meaning users cannot modify or replace the drive. There's probably going to be a right-to-repair thing about that at some point. Um, so uh, you only need the internet connection to pair it for the first time. You don't need it to use it. So that's that. That's at least good. But yes, when the servers go down, I wonder what's going to happen uh, with, with all that. So keep that in mind if you're going to have a PS5 Slim. Uh, if you're going to get the new PS5 Slim and you want the optical drive to be able to play those 4K HD blue uh, 4K UHD Blu-rays from Best Buy that you're not going to be able to get anymore, uh, or uh, if you actually want to like save your data caps by installing games from a disc, so uh, keep that in mind if you get one of those, and also keep that in mind if you need to fix your drive in your PS5, you might not be able to unless you send it directly to Sony, uh, and and what Sony's probably going to say about that is deal with it because I've got the deal with it sunglasses back on. Normally I would take a music break uh, but uh, we, we're not going to. We're not going to tonight. I talked way too long uh, and normally we would also take calls. We're also not going to do that tonight but uh, maybe maybe at some point. They do have a, a new new thing on Twitch about streaming together which may be something. Uh, we had guest star and, I, and they've rebranded it. But coming up next here on the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash vlog network is Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do. They also just came back from Vegas, and we like to check in with them. Uh, Sacramento, are you there?
1: I am here, Bobby. How are you?
0: I I am doing well. It seems like I just saw you a couple days ago.
1: God, I just saw you like a week ago. It's wild. Yeah.
0: So, uh, since we spoke on Tuesday, TwitchCon mm-hmm. did come out. That TechCrunch article that I referenced a couple times yeah. came out after we recorded our videos on Tuesday night saying that TwitchCon will not return to Vegas. Mm-hmm. So, that's, uh, that's a yay. That's a yay from me. Uh, yeah. so, I
1: don't want to sound dramatic or anything, but hallelujah. Yes.
0: Uh, I'm glad I got to go to Vegas. I'm glad it was an excuse to get to go to Vegas and kind of prepare me for the next time I actually go to Vegas Mm
1: because I don't count this as actually going to Vegas. Uh, Where do you think it should go? Um, I, I think right now my favorite is Seattle that I've mm-hmm. kind of cooked into my mind. And maybe that's a little bit selfish because I know a lot of people in Seattle. I know some people in Vegas and it was great to see some people there, but I know mm-hmm. a lot of people in Seattle, so I'd love to have it there. But I was thinking about, you know, like packs, you know, back in the day yeah. worked very well at that convention. There's lots of good places downtown. Yeah. It doesn't really have a lot of the same um, issues. So assuming mm-hmm. the TwitchCon will stay on the West West coast, which yes. I don't, think it will leave i don't the think West it's gonna Coast leave just no. with twitch being headquartered in yeah. san francisco i mean of course selfishly i'm like put it back in san francisco that'd be great but um i'd be i'd be super happy if it went back to san diego as well um i didn't have the same complaints of the convention though i understand there was accessibility issues and so obviously that needs to be addressed I also feel like they weren't using the. Enti- I seem to recall there was more convention center in San Diego they weren't using, so maybe that needs to be explored. Yeah. Um, another city I could see as a decent candidate would be Anaheim, which uh, this coming weekend is BlizzCon, which a lot of eyes mm-hmm. are on, and they've been in uh, the Anaheim Convention Center for a long time, and that's another big example of a con where you have little micro groups that use that as their meetup because yeah. you have guilds and you know people to play together online. Right. And very few complaints I ever hear about BlizzCon being there. A lot of people extend their trip with Disney, et cetera, et cetera. I know I would. (laughs) I think Anaheim, I don't think, you know, it seems like San Diego is the only city that's ever repeated. Otherwise, TwitchCon, I believe, has been in a new city pretty much every year. So if they don't go back to San Diego, I think Anaheim is very likely. But my desire would be Seattle. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and like as much as I'd love to see it on the East Coast, like West Coast needs stuff like a lot of stuffs here on the East Coast and yeah. and stuff. And, uh, you know, Anaheim, I've I've well, I've been to Anaheim with you like every time I've been to Anaheim, I've been with you. Uh, and yes, I would totally, you know, extend my stay and maybe even fly the misses out uh, for the part that wasn't the convention. Yeah. And, 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 um... and do that.
1: If it did go to the East Coast, I just want them to pick the right city for it. And October can be very strange with the weather. Like it might Mm -hmm. already be a little late before Chicago starts getting really chill, which I consider East Coast. I know it's more Midwest. Yeah. Um, Atlanta might be fine. But, you know, the weather starts to get more unpredictable. That is one thing about the West Coast is that, oh, no, it might rain a little bit, but that's about it.
0: (laughs) Well, apparently, like it was nice and cool in Vegas until we showed up. Then it was like in the 90s and now it's back to the 70s.
1: Yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. So, but I'm just, I'm thankful we won't have to navigate uh, Vegas. And, and actually, funny enough, talking about Anaheim, um, my partner and I were at Disneyland uh, the Tuesday and Wednesday, and then we actually flew from Long Beach to Vegas. So um, I, was, I was pretty open about that. Yeah. And we were commenting that lunch was cheaper to eat at Disneyland than it was to eat at Panda Express on the Strip. And I don't know how I feel no. about that. Um, so I just, I'm not sad to see them not go back to Vegas whatsoever. I'm sad for my friends that are there locally, but, um, you know, there can always be another trip where maybe the strip is not the focus. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, I can see that, like, also a lot of people that go to TwitchCon, like, we are able to, like, you and I are able uh, to gamble and drink. Uh, But not everybody that watches Twitch is over 21. No, and and true. and, mo- and a, if you want to go somewhere in Vegas at evening, it is gambling and drinking. And that's yeah. what uh, that's what it's focused around, because all the other stuff closes like yeah. the Pinball Hall of Fame and like Area 15 and, and, you know, those other places that are more of a third space that is outside of drinking and gambling. And that's why like San Diego and maybe Anaheim and definitely Seattle yeah. has some of those places where the focus isn't on drinking as much.
1: I was about to say another feather in the cap for Anaheim, quite frankly, a city that is the exact opposite. It is designed by nature to be extremely family-friendly for obvious yeah. reasons. So, yeah.
0: And something more walkable.
1: And yes. I think that would be big. Uh, or uh, certainly liftable without, yeah. um, you know, heaven forbid they decide to race Formula One around Disneyland next year. So we'll see.
0: Well, you never know what video game uh, inspires them to do that at some point.
1: <laughs> right.
0: So uh, what are you going to be talking about on Orange Lounge Radio tonight?
1: Well, believe it or not, there was a bit of gaming news while we were out. So we have a few things to catch up on. I know you touched on the disk drive a little bit. That's a big one. Let's go over to Microsoft. Huge changes in the executive uh, wing of Xbox. We now have a video game console company led by a woman. Uh, It's it's exciting, exciting times. And she's she's a great speaker. and She's been a great uh, uh, speaker. uh, Sarah Bond. Uh, I think it's going to be wonderful for Xbox. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, also, Person of Color, which is um, a yeah. double win right there. Just the diversity the industry needs uh, on multiple fronts, which is great. Uh, we'll also talk about, I know you love the rumor stories. No, you love the rumors, but this one has to do with a patent. So it's not quite just a rumor, but it has to do with something very interesting that Nintendo has patented. Could we be going back to the era of the DS? We'll explore that a little bit coming up next on OLR.
0: Just because something's patented doesn't mean it's ever going to be used.
1: That is true, but there could be some interesting stuff in store. and We'll talk about it.
0: Orange Lounge Radio is up next. Thanks so much, Rob.
1: Thanks as always, Bobby.
0: So uh, that is it for me. I will be back next Sunday night, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv. Slash network. Come join us and interact with the show directly, or you can join us on our uh, Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord, to talk about the stuff that I would be, that you'd like to see me talk about on upcoming shows. Uh, I am on social media at Bobby Blackwolf at many places, at BobbyBlackWolf.com, where the skies are blue. If you you are not on Blue Sky and you would like to be, uh, reach out to me somewhere else on Discord, probably, uh, and I can get you in, because I've got some codes laying around. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, so you can find me there. Uh, if you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone the show is not for everybody, but it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet, but we would not be able to make this show work without the help of the chatters, which I have to take my deal with it. Sunglasses off. To be able to read, so uh, thank you so much, Orange Right for the resubscription. Fifth Dream also resubscribed, uh, almost a full deck because it's at fifty-one months, so that's close. Uh, Rob Roberts cheered one hundred bits to get a with Choo Choo to get a train. So we actually got a Golden Kappa hype train, which is like a shiny Pokemon. It's not like a normal hype train, but like everybody gets a a Golden Kappa emote. So I had to like during the intro of the show, I'm like, okay, I got to go gift five gift subs. So congratulations, Fixation Gaze. It's Fixie. Congratulations. Morifumi, Spyro Jonathan, Matt Cube, and E3VL for your gift subscriptions. Courtesy of me. You're very welcome for that. Enjoy not having the ads here, despite having ads on other video platforms that have gotten a little more uh vigorous with their ad blocking blocking. Uh, Orange Right cheered twenty five bits saying, "Welcome back, thank you so much." Uh, Pod Culture gifted a sub to Havoc nine seven eight, who I saw at TwitchCon. By the way, he was at TwitchCon. It was good to catch up with him a little bit. Sean three two two cheered two hundred bits with with hype, which I did not actually get to say at, at GDQX. Nobody said hype. Uh, there were donations that said hype, but it was all the hosts that had never posted GDQ before, so didn't know they needed to. They they were not. Uh, they did not do it the GDQ way. Uh, and S. Sheridan Matt uh, cheered 300 bits saying sunglasses hype. That's right. Uh, and then uh, that that got the uh, golden kappa train completed at level three at 58%. Thank you so much for that. And then S. Sheridan Matt resubscribed after the hype train happened. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate everybody being here after me being gone for two weeks. Uh, me even starting a little bit late. I went a little bit over. I apologize to the OL Army for going just a tiny bit over, but I'm going to hit the button here that says, and I'm going to turn up the volume first before I do that, and I hit the button to get out of here. So I will see you next week. Uh, Maybe I'll talk about Super Mario Wonder. Uh, I did actually just get Cult of the Lamb because it's on sale. I finally got it on Steam, so maybe we'll talk about that. See you next week. Bye.
1: A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys, or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.